0: and data and analytics. So, if you were looking to upskill yourself or your team for just two and a half hours each week and get access to a network with our industry's giants through our live sessions, do check out the School of Marketing website for more deets. Already, for now, enjoy the show.
1: So, uh, well, this morning we're really privileged to have Sophie Devonshire, CEO of the Marketing Society, on the show. Very welcome, Sophie. And um, I'm just going to say a little bit about uh, about you, flatter you a little bit. So. Um, let's just remember the Marketing Society is a, a global marketing community. It's been going since 1959 with over 2500 members, big influence around the globe. And so Sophie heads up all of that. Uh, and I have to say the Marketing Society has been a brilliant partner of the School of Marketing uh, in supporting our mentoring Gen Z programme, which we talk about from time to time. But that's really starting to have a bigger impact uh, along that, um, for that struggling community right now. Uh, Sophie herself has got a fascinating journey in and around the world of marketing. Uh, not least as an entrepreneur and ceo so from the beginning sophie started her career in png and coke and then had a spell agency side at leo burnett in dubai uh, but she's also been a successful entrepreneur with babes and babies she sold a business she's become ceo a part of the business that bought it she's worked in strategic consultancy she's been ceo again in the caffeine partnership and then now ceo of marketing society just under a year ago obviously again entering in the middle of a pandemic uh, in between times, Sophie is a published author and her book, Super Fast Leader Speed, has been number one in the Amazon business booksellers chart. And uh, I think the main thing to say about Sophie actually is that she does have a belief, and you'll hear more about this, of the, of the role that marketing, can, positive role that marketing can play in the world, society and people's lives, and loves helping organisations go faster. But probably the, the clincher is Sophie's a very genuine and lovely person who cares a lot. So I think you're really going to enjoy hearing Sophie's views. so very welcome Sophie great to have you on the show and I'll pass to Richie uh, to, to get us started
0: hey thank you mark Sophie welcome it's such an absolute pleasure to uh, to connect and to, to have you on the show this morning Sophie let me let's let's kick off um, so so you've been in the hot seat at marketing the marketing society now probably coming up to a year I think that's probably about right and you sort of you were one of those um lockdown CEOs, I guess, in coming coming straight into the role and I'd love to get your insights and thoughts about how that's been so far. Well, good morning, Richie, and morning, Mark. It's brilliant to be here. Morning, everybody.
2: Happy Friday. Um, Yes, lockdown CEO, well, starting a new role in the middle of um, one of the world's craziest experiences. Um, It has been interesting. Yeah, it's, uh, it's been a pretty rubbish year for so many people, hasn't it? I mean, let's be honest, so many businesses really impacted. So many people had a terrible time. But honestly, this last year, it's been pretty exciting because becoming part of the marketing society has been so rewarding. Um, we've got a great team. We've got amazing members. We've got so many people interested in what we're doing. So although I am not a fan of being stuck in my spoffice, my spare room and office combined all the time and not being able to, to have the, the thrill and excitement of being out and about, it's actually been quite good. And we're global at the Marketing Society. So one of the small benefits has been, I feel like I've got to know all our, our global boards and our global members, as well as the people in London, um, because of the, the craziness of, and, the, and the impact of Zoom. So some, some positives. Yeah, I mean,
1: there's uh, silver linings um, are, are there to see, but you're right. It's been it has been very tough for very in very different ways for different people. Um, so, what what do you think you've learned about yourself during these subsequent lockdowns? Uh,
2: it's it's difficult to summarise that. And I mean, we could be here all day talking about it. I think the the main thing is, like any tough experience it is always a learning experience so you know I've learned an awful lot about how much I still like building relationships with people even when I can't see them in real life I've learned that um, you can build great relationships with people even if you have no idea what kind of footwear they generally wear or what's going on Um, and I've learned that actually having spent quite a number of years really interested in the concept of energy as a leader and how important it is to manage your own energy and manage other people's energy that actually it it is more important than ever right now and trying to be as creative as possible about making sure that everybody around you can still um, manage their energy during a time when actually things are quite narrow um, has been an
0: interesting experience in itself. Do you know I love that thought Sophie I really do the the thought around energy and 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 you know I guess in, invoking positive energy and 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 Keeping people going at this challenging moment, and can you share some of your your secret sauce about how you do that? How do you motivate your teams? How do you motivate your ecosystem? Because that's a big part of the marketing society. What are some of the things that you do?
2: Um, well, I mean, let's start with with why I think it it, it matters. Maybe because um, when I was researching my book, I spoke to a number of different leaders across the world um, who were dealing with quite a lot of pressure in different ways. So. Um, learning from other people's stories and the concept of energy i think is 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 one that just is so primal that idea that you know i mean without energy nothing starts right fires don't burn engines don't move people can't be creative um, and people can't enjoy their work so managing energy in in that way is 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 something so primal and trying to find all kinds of different ways and test like with anything else, testing and learning what what works. There's the physical energy side of it all for everybody. So I'm sure everybody's been trying out different ways of getting off Zoom and doing the walks and talks on the phone instead and breaking up so that physically you're feeling a bit different, managing how you eat and sleep, all the really boring stuff that makes a difference to energy. But then there's finding things that give people a little spark Um, and some inspiration. And when you see that and the impact it has on people and the energy that 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 brings, it's brilliant. I don't know if you saw, it's been quite a lot of coverage of um, Adam Grant's article in the New York Times recently about languishing, which is a a description of what a lot of people have been going through during lockdown. Uh, It's uh, the kind of meh feeling. You're not really suffering. Um, You're not struggling as much as some people really have in the last year. But everything's just a bit blah and you're languishing. And his um, answer to that is very much about getting into flow. So finding something to focus on and making a difference. And it gets you into the whole purpose question and giving people something that energizes them because they can see that what they're doing makes a difference, that they can see that uh, there's, there's progress happening. So the sort of physical and um, practical things around energy that are really important, but also the the more psychological spiritual whatever you want to talk about other ways in which you can give people the inspiration and and the excitement they need to actually thrive at work not just survive
1: wow Sophie, it's a very very holistic approach my sense is that that's what's making makes it sustainable and why you've been able to do what you do throughout such a rich and varied career but but i want to go back to the beginning and just ask you know how, how the hell did you get into marketing what, what was the the trigger point or the entry point
2: I totally stumbled into marketing. Um, so when I was at university, uh, Procter & Gamble had a very clever scheme to, to focus in on uh, people who were involved in societies at, at university with a, the logic that, you know, if they were doing things above and beyond, they'd be probably what they wanted for their, their brand management scheme. But they didn't deduplicate their database. So because I was involved in lots of things, I got lots of letters from this, this packaged goods company and I was a bit like, they seem keen. Might as well go along for interview practice. Um, so I went along thinking, you know, this is this is this is just something interesting to do, and was completely blown away by the conversations I had with the people who interviewed me, uh, which I guess shows again how important people are for your organisation brand and you know the impact of things like uh, interviews. So the people who interviewed me, um, one of whom was still very much in touch with his, who's now. Um, the CEO at Gillette in P&G, so stayed in P&G. The way they talked about how much they loved their job, the way they explained how interesting it was, um, and how much you learn in the um, in the in the scheme, the, the brand management scheme, just felt really appealing. So I decided to to give it a go, see what see what would happen, and completely fell in love with with marketing, with with business, um, with the sense of, of building teams. Um, I absolutely loved my time at PNG, and and knew that there was something about that—the classic art and science, the, uh, the the rigor you need to understand what's going on. So it was a you know revelatory experience. So I stumbled into it, and then and then fell in love.
1: Uh, just to I'll hand to Richard in a sec, but maybe they did dedupe their database and they just like pummeled you. Opportunities to see, yep. you know, there we go. Yeah, yes,
0: to- very good point. <laughs> so, they, so, they, so they knew about multi-touch point even back then. So there we go. But look, so, Sophie, today, look, you're clearly running a global business and probably one of the most prominent um, in, in, our, in our world, in our marketing world. Um, but you yourself have had a global career and you've clearly worked in other parts of the world. So I'd love to love to get your thoughts and insights about the impact that that's had on your career. Um, you know whether you think that's been pivotal as a, a as being able to gain momentum and, and a reputation, um, being a, being able to have worked in in different parts, um, and then you know reflecting on how that's helped today.
2: Well, I think this. I mean, it wasn't a deliberate policy. Like so much that happens to us all in, in in life, there are there are lots of different things that end up making people's careers go in different directions. Um, yeah. You know, the Helen Tupper and, and, and Sarah Ellis talk about the squiggly career, and that's definitely uh, one for me. Um, so it wasn't a deliberate choice um, for me for me to go overseas, but. Um, As it happened, when I started my first job and I fell totally in love with business and and marketing, um, I also fell totally in love with the person who is now my husband. Um, And there was kind of an A-B testing thing going on because he didn't love what we were doing as much. We started in the same career um, and ended up taking a role which meant he needed to go overseas. Um, And we therefore lived in Dubai for three years and in Estonia for three years. And it was amazing. There's nothing like being totally immersed in a completely different culture for making your brain fizz and meeting really different people in it and definitely enhancing your cultural understanding. I mean, in Estonia, they don't cross fingers, they hold thumbs, you know, and and, and nobody smiles um, in your neighbourhood. And when you try and understand why, you go into the history of what's happened. But also in Estonia, they are... Incredibly digitally enabled, birthplace of Skype and TransferWise, such an amazing culture, and a brilliant place um, to be if you're interested in, in digital e-commerce and whatever. So the learning opportunity for being in a, in a different place, um, and I loved being in the Middle East um, and our Middle East hub, which is we've just announced is expanding from um, just Dubai to covering Abu Dhabi as well. Um, it's one of my um, favourite groups of people out there as well because um, the Middle East is just—it's so different. So uh, I, I guess I mean I could talk for hours about the opportunities that being able to go overseas gives you, but there are challenges, of course, as well. It's, it's uh, not always convenient, and it's. Uh, but I think there is there is something about really understanding how different people are um, uh, and getting to know people from very different cultures, which is pretty. Uh, life enhancing the the book clubs I was part of in both those places, you'd have conversations about a book and there'd be somebody from the US um, talking about a book that was about communism from a totally different perspective from me and, and whatever. So yeah, it was an amazing opportunity. Love
1: it. Uh, I mean it's very evident, you know, you're you're curious you're a curious person and, and seeing bits of the world uh, will feel that curiosity. All as that that has led you to be a three-time CEO. So the, the obvious question, and many people listening in will be thinking, you know, could I be a CEO? Do I want to be a CEO? What's it all like? You know, Is it is it all it's cracked up to be, being a CEO? Um,
2: so I, I think it's difficult to answer that because I don't think, I mean, certainly at the moment I don't spend much time thinking about the title. I think about the role and therefore the responsibility you have in that role. I mean, I have... Responsibility to my uh, brilliant team, a responsibility to all our members, because this is a really important time for for marketers, and and a responsibility to the brand that you in, you inherit. So, the marketing society brand, where it's going in the future. So, I think I think there's a there's a lot of a sense of a responsibility with something like that. Um, I think the the great thing is that you can represent something. So, I've always wanted to support leaders who are um, interested interested in business being a positive force for good and um, who frankly are, are people who treat other people with respect. So I guess the, the, the main benefit of being in a role where you're allowed to practice what you believe in um, and, and test that out, I guess that's the, the, the positive around it all perhaps.
1: Does that make sense? It does make complete sense.
0: Sure. Um, so if I want to pick up on that phrase that you just used, uh, positive force for good and us as through and through pure marketers would, would certainly claim that our industry is all about that, being able to change behaviors, um, make positive differences to people's lives um, all around the world. Clearly, that's not a view that's always shared, particularly in, in in realms such as advertising, for example. So I'd love to get your thought on what you think um, you know is the, the future. Uh, of marketing, maybe some of the, you know, how do we enhance that positivity through and through and actually get more people to to see it that way, as opposed to the, to the opposite? Uh,
2: I think there's, I mean, it's, it is frustrating that a lot of people don't see marketing as, as, as positive as I certainly do. And I know our members do. Um, I think that it's important to remember that it's from a, a serious business point of view, marketing is the growth driver, the demand driver, it has a role to play that's fundamentally commercial. So it's important never to forget that. So when I talk about business being a force for good, that is also, uh, sorry, marketing being a force for good, that is also uh, marketing being a force for good in terms of economic driving power. So particularly at the moment when lots of businesses are working out how to rebuild or recover or reshape what they're doing, the role of marketing to make that happen and for it to be, commercially successful and economic just feel it's, it's important to, to mention to mention that base yeah. side of it all but also marketers have the, the power to to reinvent reality to reshape reality to influence um to 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 change what's happening i mean we, we talk about it in marketing society this year as the year of change makers we've always been people who've created change now let's make some choices about what those those changes are um, and it's a little bit of a, a broad brush thing, because if you say, you know, all marketing is X, then, of course, that's too simplistic. Every single, every single different marketing role in every di- single different organisation is, is, is complex. But I guess I'd, I'd say that in general, the, um, the marketers that I work with, the people who are members, they're smart people and they're people who are interested in the impact of what they do. But there is a an element of uncertainty always and and working out how you shape things in in the right way to create the biggest impact and the biggest difference that's where i think the conversations need to to happen so bringing people together with the society as an industry with us having all these kind of conversations to work out are the ways of making sure that what we're doing um, is responsive to what the business needs um, and is making a difference when it comes to the, the economy or what you want to do in your business and it's also responsible that there is a long-term impact um, and that we use the power we absolutely have in a way that can be sustainably positive for the long term.
1: Yeah, I've, got, I've got this thing in my head uh, about Spider-Man with great power comes great responsibility. Yeah. Um, you, you, you said uh, <clears throat> bright people in marketing. Well, hey, Richie and I and everyone listening isn't going to disagree with that. But, but from what you've seen, what, what makes a great marketer? In terms of attitudes and behaviours,
2: uh, I think it's 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 pretty it's pretty simple because it does start with what you talked about earlier, Mark. The uh, people who live a life of curiosity. Uh, you just it's such an overwhelming job, and you cannot do it unless you have that great peripheral vision. You're looking up and looking out and seeing what's happening because I I would say that's the same. The, the, the same principle for great entrepreneurs and founders as well, that ability to um, to find an idea, to search and reapply and, and see what happens, to to constantly be learning. And it's such, any any business role is, you know, and leadership is an iterative process, but for marketing, it definitely is. You need to constantly be ahead of it all. But I think there's also, um, I, I kind of think it's one of the hardest jobs out there because you do have to, to keep constantly upgrading your, your, your brain software. Um, and there is that mix at the moment of needing to be both fantastic in understanding where technology can be an accelerator or can help you, um, but also that innate human understanding. So knowing your customer, of course, you know, we have to be the ones that represent the customer in the boardroom. You know, it makes me sad that Amazon have to have an empty chair when they should just have the marketeer being there representing the customer. So the human understanding of understanding the customer. um, I also think understanding those you work with um, is Critical for being fantastic at marketing and, and certainly getting somewhere. So, we've just um, started running the uh, marketing leadership masterclass with uh, Sil Salar, our president, and Thomas Barter, one of our great fellows. Um, and it's all about influence, it's all about understanding how you can get people on board because great marketers have to sort of join up the different parts of the organization more than anybody else has. They have to, to bring people together inside the organization as well as um, externally. I think, it's, I think it's not a job for the faint-hearted, uh, definitely.
0: Certainly isn't, and, and clearly the, you know, the risk-taking nature of, of the uncertainty, perhaps, rather than risk that we, we probably endure as marketers is, is certainly forefront of, of my mind every day um, as, as we deliver a range of programs as well as the School of Marketing. Um, but I want to turn the conversation a little bit, Sophie, to your book. Uh, and actually, I'm, I'm really curious about the title, So super fast, lead at speed. Um, Where did that come from? What was the inspiration behind that? It's a a provocation. Um, And it came
2: about because I was spending a lot of time with with different leaders and different organizations who were saying a couple of things to me at the the time. They were saying, um, this is an amazing time to be in business because the way technology works, you can make things happen so fast. And isn't this really exciting? I, I want to do something. And at the same time, they were all going either... Oh, but my organisation is so slow. It's it's not going anywhere. It's so bureaucrat- bureaucratic. Or they were saying, but, but I'm under enormous pressure because everything's moving so fast. I don't know how to get the pace right. So I could see that there was um, a, a, a need and and something there. And I wanted to to research it and find out. Well, how do you um, in a leadership role get the pace right? What, you know, what, what's the secret? Um, so wanted to to, to discover it. Um, and actually, of course, it's a provocation because at the heart of the book it's about understanding that this is a super fast world and that great leaders need to work out how to set the right pace within that um it's not just a you must lead at speed because of course as we've seen in the last year pace is important and and moving at pace is is critical but also being a pace setter and understanding the variety of pace um, is is what makes all the difference
1: so um just to do a slightly contrarian thing, by the time CEOs get to make decisions, all the easy ones have been made. <laughs> the black and white, you know, it's the really messy, tangled, knotty ones. So, how do you balance maintenance of pace versus that sometimes you've got to give yourself the space-time, the latitude to really think deeply about the knottier problems? How do you balance the two?
2: And I think that's that's the million-dollar question. And when you see great leaders who who understand the power of high-velocity decision-making. It makes all the difference. So when I was researching the book, I I spoke to a few uh, physicists and and, and engineers about speed and trying to understand it a little bit more. And uh, one of them said to me, don't talk about speed, Sophie. Talk about velocity, much sexier word. Um, And actually it's really important because velocity means speed in a given direction. So the way to balance decision making and get the pace right is to start off with knowing what direction you're going in, to have that clarity, um, to have the frameworks in pace, in place. That then means that decisions you make can be done at high velocity. But it's an absolute, I mean we've certainly seen it in every part of everybody's business in the last year. Um, too slow is stupid. But you're right, Mark, because too fast is also foolhardy. So working out how to build in time to think to make sure you've got um, opportunities for the power of the pause when you bring people together to properly uh, spend time working out, is this the right decision? That's, it's, it's a real skill and, and it makes all the difference to not panicking about the fact that things are, things are moving fast and that we want
0: things to move fast. I love, love that thought process there, Sophie. Um, I'm gonna take a question from the crowd. Um, so Matt um, from TSB, Um, he asks, uh, what one piece of advice um, you wish you were told earlier in your career?
2: Hi, Matt. Um, Good morning. Um, Well, relatively late in my career, I was given a really good piece of advice, which I think is uh, uh, is, is, is one I could have done with earlier. Um, So a lovely friend said to me when I was suffering from a massive amount of overwhelmitis, um, so you know that bit where you sort of say yes to everything. There's a lot going on. You feel like you are failing at, at being a, a mother, failing at, at, at being, you know, a friend, failing at everything. Um, and I was grumbling to a good friend about this and 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 the frustration of of, of ambition versus not being enough hours in the day. Um, and he said to me, darling, um, and he was being very nice about it. He said, he said, darling, you can do anything, but you can't do everything. Um, And it is a very useful piece of advice. Understanding how to edit what you're doing and make some choices, um, and working out how to say no sometimes with with grace, um, and realizing that it is impossible to have it all, impossible to do it all, Um, was just quite handy. I hope
1: that helps. And and you you practice what you preach because I know you've said that you. You know, I think this is one of the first interviews you've done that has been you talking on you doing something on behalf of the marketing society so you, you made us wait a little bit but um I think that you you evidence that you are very focused um which leads me on to my next question which is so babes with babies you grew a business for seven years uh, often it's described as selling your business as being like selling your baby so you see you see what I did there a little bit but I mean what 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 was that like to let go was it a relief was it a, was it painful we, we haven't had many people on who have talked about exiting mm. um, so just love to hear your experience of that
2: it was it was incredibly hard. Um, not so much the the exiting, but just knowing that uh, you know that it's something that isn't around anymore. And you do you know there is it is impossible to describe what it feels like to to be a startup founder unless you do it. Um, and I think I went into it you know completely underestimating how what an impact it has on your life emotionally and and you know the, how it takes over everything. Um, It's incredibly, incredibly brilliant from a learning um, point of view. Um, Moving from working with massive organisations with huge budgets to building something from scratch with no money at all. Um, God, you learn fast. Um, And you learn how to to do things differently and and, and it was a fantastic experience and we did some brilliant things. Um, But it's uh, it's also painful because you are um, so caught up in, in what you're doing. And I think it takes... I think there's a tenacity um, for startup founders and a determination which you don't always see in everybody. And I, and I don't know if if ultimately that's always something for, for me. I've, I mean, I've since worked with lots of other amazing founders who who I know it is their life's mission to carry on that business. And, and you sometimes need that. So, you know, it is all learning. Everything we go through, every time something's challenging or tough, you know, it's you, you, you have that awareness that's building your resilience and your skills, but um, moving on from things is, is hard. Um, so it was you know, a very formative experience and lots of things I'm, I'm proud of and I wouldn't change it. But um, you know, sometimes you wish you had a magic wand to make uh, things slightly different.
0: You know, Sophie, I think you're, you're really speaking to my heart um, as, as a startup founder a number of times over now. Um, it is. I mean, it's that tenacity to keep going and, and feeling like it's your life's work, which really, you know, kind of gets you through those those moments. Um, but but interestingly as well, I'm, I'm loving some of the, the the terms you're coining or terms you're referring to. I mean, languishing, by the way, for me, which is just hit home. I'm like, maybe that's just me right now. It is. It's so interesting how that's that, that really resonated. The A B testing, another great one, and and overwhelmitus, flipping heck, I think that's 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 certainly one i am not heard of too. So there you go, lots of cool things. But um, you know, as part of this, as part of the Marketing Society, you guys, um, one of your, your key missions is to help um, develop your your members. Um, but ultimately, I would like to to really understand how you take charge of your own personal development um, and what are the things that you do to keep yourself fresh to then be able to to help others. So
2: um, I think this is this is something that I think is really important, and we go back to the you know the overwhelmitis, the uh, the other pandemic um, that hits, hits everybody, um, there are only a certain number of hours in the day, but I do try and make sure that across the week the a number of those hours are um, based around learning and development. Um, because when we go back to the earlier point to, to sustain energy you know is very important because you know that actually you can help others more if you can keep developing yourself so it's not a, a selfish thing so you've got you know Warren Buffett and everybody who talks about the five hours a week of, of, of learning and I think there is a considered practice there if you are the sort of person that wants to keep improving um, you know I think we're all on that journey so I try and make sure that you know I'm consciously finding ways to, to learn I mean I'm a big reader. It's much, much harder in lockdown because I miss my reading on the tube and and things like that. Um, Shows like this are of course brilliant um, for for personal development as well. Um, But in in all seriousness, there is that um, one of the the things I found out from researching super fast, I spoke to a hundred different leaders, right? Really successful. The only thing that they all, that successful people all have in common fundamentally is that they are successful. You know, they were so different, different personalities, introverts, extroverts, managing different businesses or whatever. But there were, they all were people who were interested enough in development and learning to actually give their time to share their stories with me. And the thing you discover by doing something like that, um, you know, and all the I've done a lot of, of workshops with organizations, sharing some of the insights around Superfast. And it's that idea that you share stories that from other people to help you go faster. So anyone who likes to go faster loves a shortcut and learning from the stories of others. So I guess listening to people um, is a great way to personally develop. And it, you may re- reject it, you know, it's not that success is, you know, a recipe. People are, you know, you may completely reject what someone's um, saying and it may be different for you, but it stimulates your thinking and, and it speeds up what, what happens. Um, yeah, and I also, um, one of the other things that someone suggested years ago which I've kind of unofficially done is the idea of a a personal boardroom um, or you know a group of friends and contacts who are just really interesting people whose brains you can pick from time to time who can be your you know expert in in certain areas you know I have a, a, a brilliant friend who's so much more technologically advanced than me and you know when we sit and have a drink and I go so what's the latest app on your phone what are you doing here you know to stimulate your thinking just that idea of of developing by learning from others, maybe. Um, um, as Eleanor Roosevelt said, um, we must learn from other people's mistakes. Life is too short to make them all
0: ourselves. So, t- time uh, so and people. i have gonna just ask one very quick follow-up question. Do you think you, you learn more or get more out of reading or writing? Oh, great question.
2: I mean, that was one of the reasons I, I wrote the book. I think that writing, so, um, I can't remember is it Hemingway? Whoever talks about think in ink. So whenever I would say writing for me, whenever there's a business problem or something I need to work work out, writing a document that says right where are we, what's happening, helps crystallise your process. Um, but reading is reading is a wonderful thing, you know, to, to lose yourself in other people's fantastic writing, to um, hear the stories, to to be inspired
0: by it all. So. On the fence, on the fence. Yeah, well, that's,
1: uh, but uh, just on. So, uh, Sophie, I know that for your board meetings, you do actually do write a document, have a pause point for everybody to read them properly. Uh, and so you, you you do both there simultaneously. So it's probably an and rather than an or, at least in your board meetings. Um, uh, there's a couple of comments here. So we've got uh, somebody saying this. Uh, so Phil, this is part of my ongoing learning. Matt's saying same here, Phil. So Richie high five. I think we're now actually on people's PD, personal development plans. Um, Now, now the next thing is, Richie, my job's very, very easy because we get brilliant questions like this. So a question from Craig, who works obviously very closely with Sophia, the Marketing Society. So, Sophie, if you're looking back 10 years from now and you think, wow, what an amazing successful time I've had in this last decade, what will have happened? You can thank Craig for that.
2: Thanks, Craig uh it's but it's but it's a great question because we have got to it's so easy to get caught up in the 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 short term and trying to sort of uh hit your 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 personal goals 10 years from now um just doing the maths and thinking about how old i'll be and 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 what will happen 10 years from now um we will have created even more support for what marketing can do Um, in the marketing society and that has to be one of the big ambitious goals we want to so I'm going to start with the 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 work side of it all because of course there are personal things as well but we want to inspire accelerate and unite the world's smartest marketers and help them do well in their careers and also help them do good in businesses the economy and society and we can only do that by bringing together the best people to help each other and to build a society, you know the, the clues in the name, a society of people who help each other. So 10 years from now, we could have had such an incredible impact together. And everybody who joins something like the society or gets involved in a, in a community like that understands that we can achieve so much more when we aren't alone, um, when we come together, when we have the conversations, when we help each other. So I think there is a huge amount we can do in the next 10 years. I think that personally as well, you know, there is it's really important for everybody to make sure that, you know, they live a well-rounded life. And I want to make sure across the next 10 years that um, I'm having an impact and helping others above and beyond the, the day job um, thinking through where the opportunities are and I just you just have no idea what's going to happen I mean that's the the lesson of the last 10 years actually when you look at how much the world has changed um, it's impossible to plan for a linear approach who knows what's going to happen in the world in our businesses in our lives but I want to know that across the next 10 years when I look back that I don't know there's been some enjoyment around it Um, I'm just thinking what's the Maya Angelou quote about my mission in life is to to thrive not just to survive but to thrive um, to do it with some passion some humor some compassion and some style something like that so maybe 10 years of helping build something that we feel really really proud of and that has a positive impact on a lot of people um, and trying to enjoy it and
0: have some fun along the way Amazing. Lovely. So if, I, I can certainly say that you're well on your way to that at, at the Marketing Society. I, I can already see that impact that it's that's taking shape. So it's uh, it's, it's really cool to, to sort of be a bystander at the side watching, watching, looking in. Um, so if you're getting some amazing comments too. So um, Lindsay talks about the personal board is a great idea uh, that she's adopted over the last uh, past few months. Hi, Lindsay, nice to, nice to see you on. Uh, Mark Conley says, I love the notion that the only thing that all successful people have in common is that they're successful. Very cool takeaway. So yes, yeah, some, some good 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 comments that are resonating there. Um, so if I just wanna talk a little bit about, and I know we're slightly running out of time, but I, but I wanna to come to a little bit around the bumps in the road, because I think people learn from as much as, as though the bumps as they do from, from the successes, if not more. So perhaps reflecting on some of the things that haven't gone as well as you planned or hoped, um and some reflections on what what you learned from them?
2: I, I think there's um I mean there's there's something about things not being linear and and things needing to go in different directions. So because I've needed to sort of take a slightly different path because of going overseas, coming back, um, because of the experience of frankly being a startup founder and everything that goes along the way, there are always times when uh, you know the the demons of self-doubt hit everybody um, and the pressure that it's very easy to put on yourself to be perfect um, you know wanting to 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 make it all happen you know i think that the things that have been challenging along there are you know frustrations with myself when things aren't as perfect as i want them to be um, but i do think i've being so lucky, and to have people along the way who have pointed out that everybody feels the same way—that underneath it all, you know, nobody is is filled with uh, an innate uh, confidence that they are perfect. Actually, there are a couple of people I've met who are who've got who've got an amazing self belief and self confidence, and that's great. But of course, I think you're more empathetic if you understand that that that, that people aren't perfect. Um, and the imposter syndrome side of it all, again, it's that learning from other people's stories helps. So there's a great story about um, um, Neil Gaiman, who's the writer, uh, meeting a guy at a party, um, who was saying, gosh, there's you know, all these amazing people here. What are we? What, what am I doing here? And feeling self-conscious about it. Um, and it turns out this, this man was another Neil. It was Neil Armstrong. You know, he was this amazing dude, and he was feeling self-conscious that he hadn't achieved enough, and he's, you know, first <laughs> man on the moon or whatever it's achieved quite a lot and that you know reminded Neil Gaiman how we all have those those demons so failures you know screw-ups turning them into a story in your head helps um, knowing that everything you've done um, gives you uh, strength and um, and resilience and things to learn from and accepting that it's part of an overall journey and that all of us and take opportunities and can can build on it. I think that's that's helped, um, but it's but it is really it's really tricky because it's very easy to to look at other people and think that everybody's got it all sorted and they're super confident. You know, staying in your own lane, working out what your own path is and is this right for you. Where where I feel I've really failed is where I do things which are inconsistent with what my values are, or um, where I think I've been a you know complete. Uh, so-and-so to someone else, et cetera, et cetera. Um, it is frustrating to sometimes to, to not get what you always want, but if there is another way through and there's a way of finding the, the opportunities and the, the learning experience from it, everything is learning.
1: Yeah. Um, Sophie, it's great that you talk uh, about imposter syndrome openly. I once heard that everybody has imposter syndrome uh, except for sociopaths and narcissists, they're off the hook, but for everyone else, it's just part of life's burden. Uh, so we, we could have talked for twice as long as this, but it's time for final question. Um, and so I just wanted to ask if there's, if there's one thing you'd like everybody to remember or, or pause on at these difficult times as we're still in the middle of a pandemic, what, what would that be?
2: I think probably there's a, there's a general philosophy to be reminded of um, at, the, at the moment, which is, that the most successful people, if if that's how you want to term term it, tend to be givers rather than takers. So if I think about all the amazing people that I interviewed for Superfast, I think about the huge number of people who are involved in the marketing society and give so much of their time, their expertise, and their help um, to to the community and and to the society. And every time you, you give, you get. When you mentor somebody you learn Um, and there's a brilliant karma there about paying it forward I mean the amount of help I've had across my career from other people and what a difference that's made generosity of people you know I want to make sure I'm continuing to do that so I guess there's a um, there's a there's a there's just a reminder there for us all that actually um, there is something so powerful about finding opportunities to help other people and that it shouldn't feel indulgent and making time for it is is something that that can be great, and then I, I mean, I guess the one thing I want everyone listening to always remember as well, and it's not pandemic related, but just I don't know. I I feel like the last few months I've really been struck by what an incredible profession marketing is, um, and how exciting it is. And remembering that for anybody who's in that field and standing up for it and finding ways to develop it, I just feel that's that's quite important for all of us right now as well. Can I
0: say that? Of course. You certainly can. It's, it's certainly a great a great plug and a great endpoint there. So, so, Sophie, I just want to say on behalf of myself, and clearly Mark, um, just what an amazing session this has been this morning. It's been really inspirational, so many takeaways. And I'm going to try and summarize just a few key ones and then hand over to Mark for some of his summary. Um, the whole the whole notion of energy is where we kicked off, and I think you've just got a lovely aura about you. I just have to say, and and you really do just kind of spar that energy onto others. So I think that's such such a natural fit um, with what you're trying to do with the Marketing Society. So um, I love I love that thought, and and languishing is one element that I'm certainly taking away with going. Wait a minute, maybe that's me. But hey, I'll, I'm going to use flow and focus to get through. Um, you're talking about, I love when you talked about the A-B testing about going abroad, you know, it's kind of the way I actually put a little note going, A-B testing in love. Not quite sure if that's exactly what you're getting at, but you know, kind of works some ways. Um, you talked about the, you know, overwhelmitis and, and the whole make choices bit, um, clearly around um, making sure that we can't do everything. Well, you can do anything, but you can't do everything. And so we've got to make sure that that we really do fill our time with things that are important to us. Um, Lindsay, of course, double emphasised your point around personal boardrooms. Um, do you know ink what you think, because that's also very, very good way of, of learning. Um, and then finally, um, around what I just put a little, a little note down there was turn to stories when you've got, when you're thinking about your demon, turn them into stories because that really helps you, you get through the, the, the hard moments. And uh, I'm taking great consolation that even Neil Armstrong feels that way. So that's pretty cool. Mark, over to you.
1: Yeah, great, 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 Richie. Um, so yeah, just a couple more things. So CEO is a responsibility, not a title. I think that's a classic. Um, marketers need to have peripheral vision. It's a velocity, not speed, i.e. speed with direction. Very good. D- do well and do good at the same time and, and be a giver. Um, so for there's something very sort of zen, karma, positive, uplifting, and energetic about you and so I actually think that PNG did dedupe their list uh, <laughs> and uh, and thereafter everything was history yet to be written it, it's been fantastic to have you on the show and thank you for your time on behalf of Richie myself and, and everybody listening
2: thank you so much guys I know you've got some brilliant guests coming up in the next few weeks but thank you for doing what you do with this show it's terrific and for asking me to be here today
1: have a great big holiday weekend. Yeah, indeed. No, no, it's been fabulous. And uh, Richie and I love doing this. And, and, and next week, as every week, we're back. Uh, and just a short plug, we've got Will Greenwood, um, the third 2003 Rugby World Cup winner. I promise that's the last. That's me sort of venting all my sort of rugby uh, rugby dreams. Um, Will's a great guy, great great character, a true character. Had a lot of success, but also setbacks. Uh, he nearly died actually playing rugby. He was knocked unconscious for 17 minutes, swallowed his tongue. Uh, he lost his first son. 45 minutes after birth Uh, and it also has a daughter who has autism so we'll hear the rough edges as well as all the great and good stuff from from Will next week so please dial in in, eight o'clock UK time see you then but as Sophie says until then have a fantastic long weekend thanks everybody for listening